0: Hi, everybody. My name is Greg Katz, and welcome to Tuesday's special spring game preview edition of WeRSC.com's Inside the Trojans Huddle, where we tell it like it is. Friends, Inside the Trojans Huddle is a game-like panel discussion that is posted Tuesdays in the off season and twice during the regular season. The huddle features WeRSC columnists, staff writers, and historians. We first start off with the pregame show, where we introduce our panel members for this special edition of Inside the Trojans Huddle and then give you the latest USC football news. First, let's meet Tuesday's panelists, a WeRSC columnist who writes WeRSC.com's The Monday Morass, Yay or Name, and Sunday Takeaways, in addition to regular season football and basketball reports, also hosts his own podcast show entitled Locked on USC. That's Mark Culkin, the editor-in-chief of WeRSC.com, columnist, national recruiting guru, and a graduate of USC, Eric McKinney, a former William Jewell College defensive back and We Are SC columnist who writes the popular WeRSC.com column, Musings with Arledge, and he also has his own weekly WeRSC.com video show, Musings with Arledge, solo edition, and is a graduate of the USC Law School, Chris Arledge. And a programming note this week on Musings with Arledge, solo edition, Chris will be flying solo, but you're guaranteed to be informed and entertained. And completing our panel, a weekly WeRSC columnist who writes Friday's The Obvious and Not So Obvious, IMHO Sunday, and an active member of the Football Writers Association of America, your moderator and producer of Inside the Trojan Subtle, Greg Katz. Before we kick off this Tuesday special edition of Inside the Trojan Subtle, here is an update in USC football news. This Saturday at noon in the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, Lincoln-Riley's 2023 USC Trojans will have their annual spring game. The event is open free to the general public, with the only stipulation being that fans download their free tickets by going to usctrojans.com. Fans can request up to six free tickets for the spring game. A reminder that the spring game will be shown live on the Pac-12 networks. Coliseum Green and Blue Parking for the spring game opens at 9 a.m., and there is a $25 parking fee. Coliseum Gates to get into the Coliseum and find a seat uh, will begin at 1030 a.m. There will be plenty of pregame fan fest activities, which will take place in the Olympic uh, Plaza area, which is next to the Coliseum. The Plaza area will include a photo stage at the peristyle end, along with bounce houses. Food can be purchased at Food Truck Alley. And in other news, according to the NFL Network's Tom Policcio, former Arizona Cardinal head coach Cliff Kingsbury is joining Lincoln Riley's staff to help develop USC quarterbacks. Kingsbury originally signed on with USC following the 2018 season, but left weeks later to accept the Cardinals head coaching position. More on that in a moment. And friends inside the Trojans huddle, greatly appreciate your viewer and listenership. And we encourage those of you watching on sites like YouTube to click on the red subscriber and like buttons. It's greatly valued and it's free. You can also listen to Inside the Trojan Settle and many available podcast sites. And a reminder weRSC.com is offering a spring ball subscription special. You can get all the WeRSC premium content for just $29.99 up to August 31st, 2023, or 9 dollars per month. And with that, We got a heavy schedule for you. We think it's going to be enjoyable, certainly topical. And again, fans, uh, before we go directly into today's spring uh, game preview, two major events transpired on Monday that are worth discussion. On Monday evening, multiple sources have confirmed that former Arizona Cardinal head coach Cliff Kingsbury is joining Lincoln Riley's staff to help develop USC quarterbacks, which of course would include Caleb Williams, uh, Kingsbury, as we said, originally signed on with the Trojans following the 2018 season, but left weeks later to accept the Cardinals head coaching position. So let's get into this one. It is a big story. Panel, your thoughts on the return of Kingsbury and how do you see the addition playing out? We lead it off with Mark Culkin. What is happening, Mark?
1: So I guess the question is, how many points per game will USC score? I mean, look, He's he's coming and he's going to be an analyst. I, Lincoln Riley's taking on, you know, he's taking that Nick Saban approach, one-year rehab assignment until uh, Cliff is ready to take his next job. But what's really nice about this hire, if it's actually happening, is that it, he's going to be able to take some of the, uh, the work that, that Lincoln does with the quarterbacks off of Lincoln's plate. And Lincoln can now focus on other aspects of the team. So there's kind of a domino effect amongst the whole team. But as as far as him coming back, you know, everybody deserves a second chance in life. He had Clay Helton. Imagine that. What would life have been like had Clay Helton and Cliff Kingsbury actually coached a season together? Who knows? But now he's here. So he'll get a chance to work with Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, Miller Moss, Malachi, and, you know, we'll see uh, how prolific the offense can be in 2023.
0: Chris Arledge, how excited are you of this hire, probable hire? Uh, is it a good thing, a bad thing, a thing? What say you?
2: I couldn't be more excited. I, mean, I remember so fondly his first tenure at USC. And um, so it's nice to have him back. Um, Mark already mentioned the the, the right the right way to look at it. This is something that Nick Saban has been doing for a number of years now, where he's bringing in very successful, very experienced former head coaches to serve as analysts. And um, and I think that does make a big difference. You have, you have people that can help with scouting and game plans and other things. Uh, Lincoln Riley has a lot of responsibilities and it's hard to be a head coach and an offensive coordinator and the quarterback's coach. So if you have somebody with that sort of background, Uh, And that credibility that can come in and and help you do some of the work and maybe see some of the things you might miss when you're when you're as busy as as Lincoln Riley must be, Uh, it can only be a good thing. He probably doesn't stick around much more than a year or so, but um, But that's, uh, that's a good thing. It also, I think, gives even added credibility to, to USC as a major football program because uh, NFL head coaches don't often come back and serve uh, as analysts uh, and when they do it's because they're going to a big time program where they're going to be part of something special so I think it sends the right message too so yeah I'm 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 thrilled to have him and, uh, and, and I'm looking forward to actually watching him do something during the season this time it'll be great.
0: Eric you were down at USC uh, on Monday did you get any sense that this was coming down before you transition to go back home and and join us here on on the huddle
3: no it it was super quiet this this was kept quiet and and reports are coming out that this was kind of months in in the making and discussion uh lincoln riley needed a guy right so so when caleb williams comes over they went and got uh will hedger to come in and work with the quarterbacks caleb williams had worked with him before at qb collective uh at and, and so he comes in As an analyst and was key last year, he goes to the Cowboys and and there's clearly an open spot there. I think Chris is right. Specifically, when you talk about recruiting, getting that first one is always the hardest, like the first five star to buy in and and join your program. I think that's this when Mark's talking about, you know, coaching rehab or whatever you want to call it, bringing in these veteran experienced coaches. This is that first one. And this opens the door, I think, for Lincoln Riley to just rotate through now. And so you can tell a Dylan Rayola, a quarterback, a, an offensive player. I mean, th- this is not something that just affects the quarterbacks. This is something where every offensive player is now kind of g- going to have access to obviously Lincoln Riley's mind. But now, oh, by the way, Cliff Kingsbury's mind that it doesn't get much better in terms of kind of one two offensively than that. So, so it's a statement. It's helpful. He's good. He's, he is a great offensive mind, a great offensive coach. It's also helpful because yeah, it, it announces USC. It keeps USC kind of center of attention here as spring ball winds down. Hey, look what Lincoln Riley can do. Look who he can go get. Look who wants to still join this program. And I think it, it's unselfish for him, right? He's not sitting there saying, no, this is my offense. I don't need any help. There's nothing that I can do better for him to go out and, and get a guy like this, knowing the spotlight, the attention that someone like K- Cliff Kingsbury is going to get that that shows me that Lincoln Riley is pretty secure and, and believes in himself uh, enough to do that. I don't know if a ton of coaches do that. Obviously, Nick Saban kind of paved the way in, in bringing defensive minds uh, onto his, his staff kind of in these positions. But yeah, strong statement by by Lincoln-Riley and USC.
0: Well, I see it as a, a number of positives. One, uh, the ones that you have all touched on. I think the fact that when I see that Lincoln-Riley is willing to bring uh, a offensive mind like Kingsbury over it, it really sh- it took me back to when basically Pete Carroll, uh, <laughs> for all intents and purposes, uh, uh, fired without firing Norm Chow. Because the prevailing feeling was, of course, that Chow uh, was replaced, according to Steve, the late Steve Bishop, who told me that uh, Carroll wanted to keep uh, Sarkeesian and Kiffin around because he wanted young, aggressive recruiters and didn't want to have to recruit against them. But there was also that feeling that, that Norm was getting a little bit too much notoriety for being the offensive coordinator. So I, I give uh, Lincoln Riley a lot of credit on this one. I think it's nothing but positive. Uh, I mean, obviously, you get a head coach from the NFL; that's a lot of credibility. Uh, who knows? Maybe SC will average seventy points a game, uh, but I know a lot of people are still concerned—not about seventy points a game, but giving up uh, fifty points a game. So we'll see how that goes. But all in all, I thought it was—I thought it was a great move. I think there's going to be perhaps movement on the defensive end, uh, according to sources that I've talked to. There is a big name that has come down to SC a couple of times, and, and to be honest with you, I had heard about the Kingsbury thing uh, several, several weeks ago, but it wasn't enough that I would sit there and say something on the for uh, public uh, consumption, but there is a defensive rumor out there, and if it does happen along the way, uh, it would make a significant uh, buildup for fans who are concerned about the defense, so we'll see how that goes. Speaking of how that goes, uh, on another news front, on Monday afternoon, USC held a 4:15 uh full practice session. Uh, previously, the media was only allowed to watch the first 20 minutes, but then could return after the balance of practice to do interviews. However, uh, there was a change, a change of plans. Eric McKinney was able to make an, an adjustment to this change of plans, which was basically The media, which usually could only stay for 20 minutes and then come back after for interviews, was allowed to stay for the entire practice. I don't think anybody, especially in Oklahoma, uh, is kind of shocked on he let them stay for the whole time. So let's start off with this question. Eric, it's only appropriate since you were down there, Uh, and the panel certainly is going to chime in with their thoughts and opinions. Uh, Why do you think that Lincoln Riley allowed his practice to be open full scale to the media in its entirety? And do you think that Lincoln Riley is perhaps reassessing or at the very worst, trusting the media with this uh, full practice session? So take us us to uh, practice yesterday, Eric. What was the thoughts on it?
3: Yeah, those are some big questions for kind of a late scheduled ad libbed practice. This is remember a little while ago, they canceled uh, a Thursday practice because injuries were piling up and they didn't like what they looked like at a few positions to be able to run uh, a full practice. So this is one that got scheduled um, for us. We heard about it kind of late Sunday. Not sure when, you know. Lincoln Riley came up with the idea to to do that, Um, but definitely surprising to hear. Yeah. Media can stay for the entire time and and watch the whole thing. Not surprising when the team showed up, not in full pads for this one. Again, you you still have the Tuesday practice, the Thursday practice, and then what everyone expects to be a pretty physical scrimmage uh, for the spring game on Saturday. So it's, I, I will say it's not as if we watched a dog days, full on, all out, fully physical scrimmage. I don't think Lincoln Riley would have done this before, though, it, at previous stops. Um, he has been notoriously absolutely kind of buttoned up, uh, closed off in terms of media doing this. Now, there, there's sort of a lot of trust of what comes out and, and what gets reported on and what doesn't get uh, reported on from this I would be really surprised if this becomes uh a routine you know multiple times during spring ball or or multiple times during fall camp certainly during fall camp um so no I I, I would I do not think this is a here's a sign of things to come everything's open let's bring fans to the to the practices uh and and here we go but Linkarelli understand he's he's really started. I shouldn't say starting to because he did some of it, you know, last year with how much kind of players and, and coaches this spring, I guess, have have talked. But he's been more kind of open and available and certainly allowing his players to be more open and available in this market compared to I think what we saw uh in Oklahoma there. So that's my take. It's really tough. I mean, we're right on the back end of it and certainly nobody left going, okay, this is, this is going to be it for, for, you know, moving forward. It's always going to be like this. Um, but we'll, we'll take it when we can get it uh, at this point. It was, it's kind of fun to be out there for a, for a full practice and and kind of see how they do some of the things and, and handle the practice a bit.
0: Well, I know that Mark was especially disappointed uh to not be able to get there so mark uh i know you don't want to vent on this and we'll respect that uh but what was your thoughts over it is this do you think it's a possibility that lincoln could change his mind or modify what he's done you know the irony of this whole thing is is that the karma has come back to bite me
1: in the in the in the rear because when we had our two hour sit down meet and greet with lincoln literally one of the last questions asked of him was hey have a little bit more access to practice. And when he actually does it, I'm not able to be there. So <laughs> um, I hope it happens again. i It doesn't have to be a consistent thing. Um, but look, it's l a. And maybe Lincoln feels a little bit more comfortable with the uh, with the local media that he was willing to to feel good on uh, Easter evening. Because the text message came across, it was dark outside when when uh, when we got the message, when at least when the email came across. And uh, yeah, I, look, Eric was able to talk to us off camera what transpired and what you know we' he's not allowed to talk about. so look, I, I think it was cool. Hopefully it happens again. That's all I can add.
0: Chris, what do you think?
2: Well, I think we understand now what the issue was. Lincoln Riley doesn't trust Mark Culkin. I don't. So, know what?
0: I was going to suggest that, but I was, I was such a happy mood today. I didn't want to. Know, start
2: it. It. it doesn't. You know, we don't need Sherlock Holmes to to solve this mystery if Culkin's gone, not. in will open that. it up. Um, look, it's it's it, it, it makes our job easier if we can actually see what's going on. That's true, and it's nice to it's nice to do. I, I'm still of the of the opinion that. Uh, when it comes to the 20 most important things that Lincoln Riley does or does not do, that letting, letting the media watch practice is probably not even on the list. And if it's so, it's at the very bottom. It doesn't matter. He has to win football games. And if, if Lincoln Riley thinks that keeping the media away will help him win football games because it will decrease distraction or will... Uh, or make it so that he can work on things without fear that that's going to get out and get to his opponents that week. Um, I don't care. I, I, and I and I know you're. I know you've got a different view on this, Greg. But um, the reality is, while I think it's probably an overblown worry of his that some that that's something the media says will actually have a major impact. It's not like he's instituting the wishbone like Alabama did in the early '70s, when, when nobody knows. I mean, it's, it, it, I, I don't think there are any major secrets there. But if he thinks it gives him even a slight advantage, whatever. He just needs to win football games. If he wins football games, he'll be happy. If he lets me stand at midfield and watch every practice and, and have a front seat at every team meeting and he goes seven and five, I want him fired.
0: Well, you know, Chris, you are generally right on uh, 99.9 of things you say, but unfortunately, I think you left out at one aspect of it. If you remember the Saturday uh, uh, little presser that, that Lincoln Riley had after a scrimmage, he was euphoric over the fact that Anthony Lucas had scooped up, I guess, a fumble and had taken all of the way and Oh, you know, he, he was really happy about it. Who, who could blame him? I mean, you know, obviously the media is not there to see what happened. So, uh, you know, we're taking his word for it. But then word leaked out that apparently uh, it was not Anthony Lucas that scooped up the fumble. It was John Davis, which, uh, if accurate, uh, left maybe a little egg on the face of Coach Riley And one of the things that I was told many years ago uh, by Lowell Schrader, who was a legendary writer who's in the USC Hall of Fame, was that one of the big things uh, about having writers there is even if you don't want them to say certain things uh, transpire, you don't want formations, I get that. uh, I understand that. But from a sense of accuracy, after all, if if, if the media had been allowed to be there Saturday, And if things are accurate, uh, the media would have pointed out that it was Rajon Davis. And of course, you know how sensitive players are uh, when it comes to getting credit or uh, undeserved credit. Uh, That could be a little bit, especially for Lincoln Riley in his position on media access. So maybe, just maybe, that was kind of maybe the football gods were saying, hey, you might want to reconsider it. I'm not saying that he's going to do it. But i would I would hope that he would consider it. Um, I'm
3: gonna jump in and not to erase the four minutes of what you talked about. Lincoln Riley was the one that came out and said, "Hey, tell everybody that that was Ray John. I want to make sure that that's right. He a- after he was able to see nine and six, I can see how you're getting those two guys potentially mixed up from where your view is. um, and then you're hosting recruits and all that stuff. i'm not I'm not gonna hit him too hard on that, especially because, he never really needed to come out and say, "Oh, hey, by the way, I gave this guy credit, and and you know it should go to Ray John." So I, I'm not going to hit him hit him too hard for for getting that mixed up. I yeah, certainly I know going guy. back in all the years I've done practice reports, I've come up with the wrong number uh, on on something from being there.
0: Is that one problem? You're not the head coach, and never. the players are sensitive to what the head coach says.
1: Do you ever remember getting a text message or an email from, from Katie or from Tim Tesla prior with a correction in the past from the head
0: coach? Who are you talking to me? Anyone, sure. But you. Uh, you know, I, I have no problem if he if he's if he makes a you know mistake and he corrects it. I you know, I think that's the right thing to do. I'm well, just saying if the media was there, they would have immediately uh, you know, and this is not, I think, a state secret. Uh, many of us ask our competitors, "Did you see who blocked that kick, or did you see who returned that fumble?" As a common courtesy, well, to that
1: came off, it, he was try- It wasn't something nefarious about it. I don't know it wasn't.
0: No, I don't think it was nefarious. It's just he made the wrong call. It would have, if it, if the media had been there, they would have probably come to some sort of consensus. And I appreciate that the coach did even say that some gave a name to somebody who returned it. I'm just saying that it would be nice. If the media was there, they could have reported on it. But uh, according to Eric, uh, he did correct himself. Eric, just to, just for. Uh,
3: well, I think he couldn't see it because Chris was in his way sitting at the 50 yard line. I mean, that ultimately that's what it comes down to. No, yeah. no awareness from Arledge out on the field.
2: And, Arlington and Arlington. I was surprised by that because Lincoln Riley should be tall enough to see over the top of me. So I I I don't know what happened. But well, for the
0: record, yeah. how tall is Lincoln Riley? Does anyone know exactly how tall he is? Uh if you're just gonna six, six three? Feet? he's what? Looks like he's a good six three.
2: Really? You don't think I so? Say, I was gonna I was gonna say six one, maybe I'm gonna look it up. You guys keep talking. I, hey I, cats, keep keep talking about how you need to be there in order to collect uh, correct Link and Riley while I look up how your view is
3: not good enough from the front row of the team room? I I mean I don't know.
1: <laughs> it looks taller than me. I'm an even six foot.
2: Yeah,
3: you're probably you're not six foot. You're what
0: are what What are you measuring it on? going oh, oh, with the show because i guess so. <laughs> all right let's get back on task um all right guys let's move on to today's special edition of inside the trojan subtle where we are going to preview saturday's spring game by position groups both offensively and defensively and we'll begin with a look at the offense and the quarterback position but before we start chris did you get a um on Lincoln Riley
2: got three different numbers I think they're all wrong so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go out on a limb and report this I'm gonna wait till Lincoln Riley sends out a a, another another text letting everybody know
0: okay apparently he
2: apparently he sends that stuff to McKinney I don't know why he didn't send one to you Greg but maybe it's because you're so critical of him
0: (laughs) I'm not critical of him hey we tell it like it is here you know we respect all all uh positions all right, so let's speak of positions. Panel, your quarterback question for the spring game. What will you be looking for in the quarterback position, and which quarterback will you be looking at, and why? Mark Culkin, what are you going to be looking at that spring game? Which what, what are you looking for in the quarterbacks? I want to see who's tallest. Um, no, look. Notice how Mark had to trans- get get back on with a little joke there, but that's okay, Mark. Continue on. Uh, look, no one's
1: going to get close to the quarterbacks as far as putting them under any undue pressure. So, we're going to see Caleb Williams running around throwing some dimes. We'll see Miller Moss, hopefully, in some competitive situations going up against the defense when this past Saturday was able to stifle, you know, Lincoln Riley's offense uh, for six or seven drives. So, I want to see why the quarterbacks are having trouble scoring against the defense.
0: All right. Uh, Chris, what do, what are you going to be looking at for that quarterback position? And Is there one particular quarterback that you're going to especially focus in on or want to see?
2: Well, I mean, I'll probably be able to look at all of them because there's usually only one on the field at a time. But I think that Malachi Nelson is one that I'm interested in. I want to see. I don't know what he'll I don't know what he'll do in the uh, in the scrimmage, but um I want to see how the kid looks throwing the ball. I mean, I know it, I know what Caleb, will, uh, what Caleb Williams can do. Um, and, uh, and so he's always fun to watch. He's almost always the most fun guy on the field to watch. But I'd like to see Malachi. I, I, think, I think I know what we'll see from Miller Moss. He's, he's been around a few years. He's experienced. He has a good arm. He's not going to get touched. So his, his relative lack of mobility uh, compared to Caleb Williams probably doesn't matter in a spring scrimmage. I know he'll throw the ball well and look good, but uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see what Malachi Nelson looks like.
0: Well, I think this is a very good question you brought up, and I'll and it's a beautiful transition to Eric. Eric, is Malachi Nelson going to actually participate? Because I know they've been kind of careful with him and his uh, uh, off throwing shoulder surgery recovery. Do you expect him to play? Uh, how do you see it? What's your call?
3: Yeah, I I would expect him to play. Lincoln Riley it was pretty clear that he just can't sustain contact and then was quick to follow up with our quarterbacks never get contacted anyway. That seemed like so he's fine, right? So um I, I would guess that that fans see him out there at some point. Look, Caleb Williams has X number of appearances left in the Coliseum, and so every one of those is kind of must watch at this point. You kind of you you just want to see him. Uh, as many times as possible. The answer for me, though, is Miller Moss. I want to see Miller Moss absolutely, and and this isn't about either of these quarterbacks. This is about the 2023 USC Trojans. I want to see Miller Moss open up a huge gap on Malachi Nelson in talking about that backup quarterback position. I, I think Miller Moss, if he can do what he really needs to do this spring he goes out and shows no I'm I'm the guy I'm the guy and I think that that helps this USC team if Miller takes that big step forward now you're trying to put a bunch of distance on Malachi Nelson who is a a great great quarterback but is a true freshman was dealing with that offseason shoulder surgery and so he it's not as if he came in absolutely rolling and and kind of guns blazing there so again Miller Moss I think should come out Chris is Right, and that you kind of have an idea of what he's done. The question is, is he better than that? It has he progressed to a point where physically he looks like a veteran, mentally he's running the offense really well. I think for me, that's kind of a key. Um, if you're just you know, again, from an entertainment standpoint, I want to see Caleb Williams put on a show which he can do from a kind of team functionality thing getting a big performance out of Miller Moss, I, I think is actually a, a pretty interesting thing to watch.
0: So Eric, here's the trivia question for, uh, for our viewers and listeners.
3: Vic Rakshani. <laughs> you
0: know, I, I can't believe that you came up with that. Uh, but the question is, the trivia question is, we know all about Caleb Williams. You gave a great dissertation on Miller Moss. Trivia question. Who is the third string quarterback and the fourth string quarterback as you see it going into the spring game?
3: I, I mean, Malachi is the, the scholarship. I, I know Jake Jensen came in, but I, I would list Malachi third and, and Jensen four. Um Malachi. I think when healthy is going to get every bit of an opportunity to show, you know, he's, he's the guy and, and he can do this, um, and so you you need to you need to let quarterbacks feel like they're a part of it. The idea that, okay, five star guy, you come in and just sit and don't play and practice and be involved. Uh, that that's a quick way to kind of alienate them.
0: So I think that we'll see uh, Caleb Williams play the first quarter. And then I think we'll see maybe Miller Moss play most of the second quarter if, if unless they kind of bleed in a little bit with Caleb into the second quarter. I agree with uh, Eric. I, I really want to watch the efficiency of Miller Moss. Uh, I'm intrigued by Malachi Nelson, but I really want to see uh, Miller Moss and see what he can do because let's face it, uh if if Caleb say it, don't
2: say it. Don't say it. Don't say it don't say, it. don't say it.
0: What, what, what's don't it? it just, what, what is that pronoun? What does that pronoun mean? It.
2: You know, go ahead finish your sentence if you want to. No, I can't if finish it, happens. it if I don't it happens, I really don't know you. what you're talking about. It's on you if it happens. Okay.
0: <laughs> oh, wow, you're you're really a hurtful guy. You really are. Uh I'll say it in case he goes down with injury, uh you know, I want to see the, the Miller Moss uh, how he's how he's improved. So that's how we look at the quarterbacks. Now, let's transition to uh, looking at the running back position. Which running backs will you be looking at, and why, Mark Culkin? You know, obvious answer: you want to see what
1: Marshawn Lloyd looks like in a, you know Cardinal Gold. Uh, but for me, I actually I want to see what Darwin Barlow, uh, if he's able to actually, if he's going to be a contributor this year. And I I don't know if I'll be able to tell that by how much they use him in the spring game, but you know when he spoke to the media he he talked about you know how the he's enjoying the competition and you kind of get the sense that he's not going anywhere so if the pecking order is austin jones and Marshawn lloyd and you still have rayleigh brown to talk about even though you know they're going to be using him in multiple different ways this year uh, that's still a crowded backfield and you've got the two freshmen so obviously you're going to want to see what they look like um the first time so the new guys I, I i know what to expect i think out of austin jones but it's it's the guys who might or might not get uh playing time
0: yeah i think uh, i think you make some great points mark um chris you, you agree with mark on this one
2: yeah i mean Marshawn lloyd is the, is the obvious pick because uh i want to see whether he's the the game breaker that that some people think he can be I know what we're going to get out of Austin Jones. He's a good football player and he will make plays and he will be consistent. Um, he's not a game breaker. I want to see if Marshawn Lloyd is. Uh, I want to see what, what they do with Ray Leak, how often he's in the backfield and how often he's, he's in the slot. The truth is that slot receiver position is just as crowded as a running back position. So if the, if the goal is to get Ray Leak on the field, I suspect they're going to have him play both places because um, because there there are plenty of slot receivers on this team already without him, and I'm curious to see the two freshmen. Uh, you know, the the early reviews uh, seem to be seem to be pretty good, and I got to say, from watching their high school film, these guys look like they're tough to bring down. So I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing to seeing those two guys play a little bit. So um, yeah, I think there are a lot. There are a lot of guys at that position that that I'm interested in and and a lot of question marks, not in a bad way, I don't think, just a lot of things that we don't know. I think it's going to be a fun group to see.
3: Uh, Eric, who who are you you going to focus in on? I don't expect the two freshmen to play a ton this year, but those are the two guys I want to watch in the spring. And again, not discounted. I I think we all expect the veteran guys to play. But this spring game always seems when you get early and early at running back, Give him the rock, let him go. And and I think that those two potentially end up with, with the most carries on Saturday. Um, I mean, not, not based on knowing anything about what's gonna happen, but again, they're early, they're early enrollees. they're young guys. Let's see what they can do. Uh, Amarion Peterson and, and Quentin Joyner. Peterson's a guy that I think uh potentially when he gets that first carry, USC fans are gonna go who's 27 and, and Joyner is good too. But I, I think those two guys are, are long-term really good running backs for USC. We want to kind of see how they get started first sort of showcase setting.
0: Yeah. I, I, I want to see Lloyd myself uh, from everything that I've been told uh, and video that I've seen, but I haven't seen him in person and well, we'll see them on Saturday in the Coliseum. Lloyd is the most explosive back they have. And, uh, you know, they need to have somebody uh, offset uh, with a running game what, what Caleb can do. I, I would imagine it would be just if, if Lloyd lives up to what everything has been said about him and his former five-star status uh, coming out of high school, that is really going to mess up a lot of defenses, uh, especially in play-action passes. It'll drive people crazy. I, too, want to see the two freshmen I think uh, I always want to see players that I haven't seen and the the word on them is just, they're really outstanding. And that, that wouldn't that stand a reason because so much respect for uh, Kale McDonald, the uh, running backs coach, finding people that he feels work best in this offense. So I'm excited about seeing that. Uh, When, but when you talk about excitement, now we got to look at the uh, wide receiver position because it is freaking loaded. And, uh, Which wide receivers will you be looking at and why? Mark, who fires you up on this uh, position area? Uh,
1: I think everybody, myself included, wants to see Chris's 2024 Heisman Trophy winner, uh, Zachariah Branch. So there's just so much to throw to out there. Just focusing on one is going to be a waste of time. You're just going to go out there and see who the ball gets thrown to. Uh, look, there are players who we anticipate having a large role this year. But you're gonna, I don't know what we're going to get out of it during the spring because, again, we, they want to see what the younger players can do. How many times are they going to throw it to Brendan Rice? We know what he's capable of doing. We just want to see it from him, you know, game after game after game. I don't care what he does in the spring game, to be honest with you. So. I will just focus on Zachariah Branch and thinking about next year's spring game with Deuce Robinson.
0: Wow. All right. Well, uh, Chris, first of all, I wanted to spell the rumor. Your law firm is not going to sponsor a uh, Zachariah Branch bobblehead uh, doll uh, for the first game against San Jose State. So uh, is, that, is that true or not true?
2: Uh, it's, it's true that we won't be sponsoring one for everybody in the stadium, but I intend to show up to the San Jose state game with a Zach branch bobblehead. Um, look, this is the easiest, this is the easiest position group of all. I mean, for months I've been talking about this guy to the point where Eric is giving me a hard time. And all you hear from camp is that the kid is at least everything he was cracked up to be. And here's the thing you got to remember. I mean, You can have a lot of really good football players on your team, but, but a lot of times the best teams have a player or two that can, when, when things are going difficult, can put the team on their shoulders and just, and just make something happen, right? I mean, those, those, those early Pete Carroll teams had, had Reggie Bush and there were times when Reggie Bush did something that nobody else could do and would, and would pull a rabbit out of a hat and, and turn a game around. You have to have guys like that. And I think Zach branch, I don't know. I don't know how often he'll do that as a true freshman, although I think he'll, he'll make some plays, but I think he's a guy who's capable of being that guy um, capable of, of doing for USC. What, what rocket Ismail did for Notre Dame. In those Lou Holtz years, right, where no matter where he is on the field, everybody's scared to death that he, that he's going to get the ball because you don't know what's going to happen, but you think it's going to be bad. So I think he can do that. And and Mark mentioned um, uh, Mark mentioned Deuce Robinson. Deuce Robinson's another guy that has that has just extremely unusual physical gifts. And so uh, we're not going to see him Saturday, but having two different guys like that on on the field matters because you have guys that. The other team just doesn't have athletes to match up against. So I'm looking forward to seeing him. I can't wait to see what he does, but I, I think it's going to be fun.
0: All right. Well, that's a good transition. We're just going to call him hard time, Eric, because he, because Eric, you give Chris such a hard time and oh. you, know, you can see the effects it's having on him. Uh, so hard time. How do you, uh, what are you going to be looking at for the receivers?
3: I just, I mean, I think it's a bad idea with the receivers to have a bobble, anything like it, anything, but receivers <laughs> with that, uh, Dorian singer for me. And that's, that's not just picking a name because they both went with Zach branch. I don't think Dorian singer is getting even close to the respect that he deserves as the absolute big time, potentially best wide receiver in this conference. His hands are otherworldly. Uh, it, it's, it's incredible. Um he's going, I, I would bet he's going to make a play on Saturday that everybody says, okay, wow. Um and, and you need Jordan Addison's gone. I I think you need that guy. And, and again, I don't think he's getting enough attention as a guy who can truly replace the production that Addison gave you. I know he's not being, you know, he's not coming off a Bolitnikov award and he's not being talked about right now as a first round guy. Uh, I I think he's I think he's big time again Zach Branch is gonna do crazy things and he's gonna make plays I think Dorian singer gives you a true number one wide receiver out there and, and I think I think there's a chance he announces himself uh on on Saturday again we're we're you know the guys that the coaches know can play do they get rolled out there for a bunch of time and and get hit all day? saturday um that that kind of always skews how many snaps they take and what the stats are at the end of the day but i i think he's a guy again that's that's not getting talked about enough when you talk about yes there's so many good wide receivers i i do think he is is at that top and not deserving of just kind of being bunched in um with with a big group of six or seven
2: The optimism in McKinney's answer, he was talking about, are you going to put a wide receiver out there and have him get hit on all day? (laughs) McKinney's, McKinney's taking the position that our secondary this year is actually going to be hitting receivers. And, and if that's the case, then I think we're, uh, I think we're in for a good season because that hasn't happened in a couple of years.
0: Mark, did you want to say something? No, we're good.
1: In fact, (laughs) The fact that I disrespected Dorian Singer, I apologize to 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 Mr. Singer.
2: I mean, I don't I, I only saw one Arizona game last year. He was pretty He good sure looks sure good in that one. I mean, that was that was a show. had, that he his,
1: uh, had both it. of his hands been otherworldly, they probably win the game.
3: Mm.
1: So Mr. Hyperbolic McKinney over here.
3: Uh, we'll talk, we'll talk uh, next uh, Monday.
0: <laughs> uh oh. The gauntlet has been thrown. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Bobblehead Branch that I want to see, and Dorian Singer. That's
3: not. It's not going to catch on, Greg. I don't. Don't try that,
0: Eric. You don't know.
2: Yeah, he does on this one.
0: Okay. Thank you, Mister Know It All. Uh, I'm going to go with Branch and uh, and Singer as well. I think Singers are real. Has been kind of underpublicized considering how much damage he did in the Pac-12 last time. So that's who I'd like to see. Now, I don't even know if we should even discuss this particular position group, but in fairness, I will say, what will you be looking for in the tight end position and which tight ends will you be looking at and why? Uh, Mark, have at this one, would you please? Well, it's it's a pretty limited group, so I'm going to go with the
1: guy who we haven't seen play tight end before, and that's Carson Tabarachi. I want to see what you know how athletic he is. Everyone seems to be excited about it. Uh, the other guy we get to look at is Lake McCree, basically. Um, so let's. Uh, I'll be looking at the guy who hasn't played tight end before. Very good, uh,
0: Christopher.
2: Yeah, Mark's answer works for me. Okay. I, don't know. I mean, we wait, we. Wait, I, I, Last I heard, there were no healthy tight ends, and last I saw, the tight ends never got the ball. So I'm not sure what we'll be looking at, but um, if uh, Tabarachi gets a football in his hands, that'll be interesting.
0: Eric, what are you who are you going to be looking
3: at? I mean, the other guy, right? Like McCree. I, Lincoln talked about the development there. This is a, a third year for him. I, I think, kind of, what he looks like, what kind of impact he can make, what he, you know, what they're doing with the tight end spot at all um for the spring game will be interesting cuz I think he's I think he's a talent. I think he's a good a good pass catcher and a solid option to have there but yeah, I mean at this point you're at you're at two tight ends um in terms of talking about scholarship guys uh for the spring I do not think it's a position where we're going to see seven or eight guys play there on Saturday.
0: Well, I'm I am uh, i am looking at Carson Tabarachi as well. I I'm really curious to see if he is the H-back uh, and gets more playing time, he's very physical. Uh, apparently, he likes being on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, I think Lake McCree is, is, has, has proven himself when healthy to, to, to make a difference. The question is, is, will they be throwing to the tight end? Uh, I, as, I assume that Kingsbury will have some sort of uh, say on the, the tight end position in terms of throwing to them. So we'll, we'll see about that. All right, let's conclude this um first half here with uh looking at the offensive line positions. Which offensive linemen will you be looking at and why? So, Mark, who do you who do you want to uh put your um, eyeballs on?
1: I don't know a specific player per se, it's the it's the tackle spots. You want to see what's going on over there. Um I I think we know that you know Justin Dietrich and, and Jonah Monheim are going to be on the inside and eventually. More than likely, Ethan White's going to get that other spot. So I want to kind of check out the bookends, make sure uh, Caleb isn't running extra
0: for his life this year. Uh, Chris, how important is what we see on Saturday going to make a big difference uh, in the fall?
2: I mean, I don't know. We we have um, at least one likely starter, maybe two that uh, that aren't going to be uh, that aren't going to be out there Saturday. So I, I'm curious to see where people line up because I think we had some ideas about where people would be. And then we get rumors that maybe they're not lining up where we thought they were going to be. So, uh, so that's what I'm most curious about is where these guys will be slotted. And, and I'm always interested, especially with tackles, to see, uh, to see whether they have the quickness to handle those, uh, those edge rushers, assuming USC has edge rushers this year. Uh, which I'm hopeful that they will. Um, so, you know, it, it, that's that's what I want to know. I want to know where these guys are going to be. I want to know if if the Washington State kid's going to be lined up at tackle or at guard. Uh, I had assumed he would play. Uh, I had assumed he would probably play inside, but I don't know.
0: Maybe Eric knows. Eric, what what do you what do you, what's your sense of it?
3: Uh, Michael Tarquin's the guy for me. He came over from Florida, where he played extensively right tackle. And then early on this spring, uh, he talked about, you know, playing left tackle and, and having to shake some rust off and get used to being on that side. If, if, if that's the case and he's left there, and he's the left tackle for Caleb Williams and the USC offense, as Caleb tries to win another Heisman trophy and USC tries to play for the national championship, he's, he's right there below Caleb Williams as one of the most important players on the team, I think. And so Again, if if that's where he goes out and that's where he's playing and if it's not it's whoever, right, whoever takes the first snaps uh at left tackle for me and I, and I know that's what the guy said and then Jared Kingston uh, obviously again we're talking about talking about the new guys. I mean the the new guys how they fit in, what the line looks like and I like Mark's idea of just are you falling forward, right? Are are running backs getting contacted at the line of scrimmage or 4 yards downfield? I think that I think that is something that you can take from a spring game where it's the same team just trying to lean on each other and and there's a definite attempt to say you know we won that this side of the ball won that the offensive line or the defensive line won that matchup kind of a lot of pride on the line I think at a at a spring game um just be, between the big guys especially
0: Yeah I I go along with uh Chris on this one I I'm my curiosity is who lines up where I want to see uh Monheim I don't think it's a question of talent, but if he's at right guard uh, or at least uh, in that vicinity and not at tackle, that kind of changes the complexion of everything. Uh, I, I think the one person I wish was playing but isn't is Ethan White, who I think will be one of the starting guards. It would have been nice to see him in there. But, you know, by that being said, you know, I want to see Michael Tarquin, who, by the way, will be wearing Tony Vaselli's uh, number 71 uh michael actually his girlfriend is the daughter of tony Baselli, so i think that that adds a little extra uh, sauce to it um but i want to see how this group works together and i want to see some of the 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 way they fit players and i want to see who the backup center is because i think that's an important factor so uh, a lot to look at uh, in terms of the unit uh that's uh that hansen puts out there so with that Let's move to halftime. Quick question here. Spring game attendance. Uh, panel, give me your guess on what the attendance count will be on Saturday. Uh, minor explanation if you want to add. So we'll go with Eric to start this off. What's the attendance, Eric?
3: I mean, I. What, do, does anyone remember last year, 15? Hi everybody. This is Eric McKinney from about four hours after we recorded that. Here to jump in to remind that previous Eric McKinney that USC actually set the spring game record for attendance last year with 33,000 about fans. And while that number may have been inflated, it certainly was more than the 15. So we'll get back. We'll get you back to the show. Enjoy it, but maybe don't listen to anything that guy says for the next couple seconds, something like that. I'll I'll say maybe between 15 and 20. I still, I still, even, even with Lincoln rally, even with this, I, I think a spring game in Los Angeles, for USC is a is a tough sell. I I hope that it's more. I hope that it's almost sold out. Um, but we'll see.
0: Mark, are you optimistic? Pessimistic? What do you think? I'm trying to think back to
1: the year after Matt Leinart won the Heisman, and what that spring crowd looked like. And it seemed a little bit bigger than normal. Yes. So, yes. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. Go that direction, Caleb Williams. Like Eric mentioned at the top of the show, he's only going to be in the Coliseum how many times this year? Take advantage of it, and this one's free. So, um, yeah, I would imagine if they were still doing, you know, the the fan fest afterwards, um, that might increase <laughs> attendance. But it is what it is. But I still think if you're asking for a number, uh, I'll go. Twenty-eight, 5, to thirty
0: thousand. All right, that's pretty optimistic. Chris, do you agree with that?
2: No, that's too many people. It's people don't come to USC spring games. They didn't when Pete was here. Um, they won't this year. Uh, maybe, maybe eighteen thousand. Eighteen thousand, I think, would be a pretty good turnout. Um, it's worth going to. I'm going to be there. But oh, wait, the, wait, 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 wait! You're lead with that.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna be there. Eric, is he gonna be on the 50 yard line? Is he allowed to sit on the 50 yard line in a lounge chair? I mean, I'd, I'd assume so.
2: Yeah, I, we, we haven't worked out the details yet. I'm gonna—I have a conference call with Riley tomorrow, but um, but I assume that my seat will be, you know, in a, a elite placement. I would guess. <laughs> but no, I think look, it's worth it's worth going to. It's it, you only get one chance to. I was gonna say only one chance to see these guys, but I guess Eric's gotten to. Um, and um, and this is gonna be a pretty exciting football team. So I'm looking forward to it, but I don't think I'm gonna be joined by a crowd of 35.
0: Okay, so what, what, do, you, what do you say? I you said 18, 18,000, 18, okay,
2: okay. 18, not 18, 18,000. Okay.
0: Thanks for If Clay recording. was
2: still here, it would be 18.
0: If who was here?
2: If Clay was still here, it would be 18 people, but I think we'll get that's, 18. That's
0: 000. awfully optimistic. I, I have to give you a little bit, that's too optimistic. I don't know if it'd get above 15, but, uh, all right. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to go the, uh, Mark route. I think it's going to be a good crowd. Uh, but I do think, which will be the second part of this question, this post game, no autograph thing, uh, is kind of a downer to be honest with you, because it really was a come on, but we'll get to that in a second. So I'm going to say it's going to be at least on an announced level, 25,000, uh, I think there's a lot of compelling reasons to come besides Caleb Williams, Branch. Too many people. Uh, we'll talk about some of the defensive guys here in a second. But let's let's get to the second part question.
3: I mean, After you. So second, just yeah. throwing this out, USC might get to ten thousand just with recruits and their families. So if for counting, if we're counting that group, then I'm going to bump my number up uh, a little bit.
0: And and since you brought it up, and we thank Good you for doing that, uh <laughs> Yeah, uh, there's Eric. You want to, since you're, uh, you know, have your hand in the recruiting and such uh, things. uh, Tell us about, you know, Scott's not with us, but um, (laughs) excuse me. Tell us about what's what's shaking down with all these recruits coming in. Any highlight names that we should be aware of?
3: I mean, the 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 list is going to change. I think I think KJ Bolden is a name that's thrown out. It's always tough when a guy says, "Yeah, I'm I'm going to visit." you know however long ago and then um to see that but uh and and just kind of looking at our list running back taylor tatum is a, a big time prospect uh from texas he's the nation's number two running back but you're gonna see a ton of of local guys there i think which in the past the usc spring game that was a chance let me go see michigan let me go see ohio state let me go see uh some of these other spring games so i i think you're gonna get and this is this is coming right off of. That pool party last weekend, and USC has hosted um, a just just a huge number of recruits this spring as they kind of test the waters on, hey, who's coming back for official visits in the summer? Who do we have, you know, really have a great shot with? Um, so I, you know, I I don't know, if, you know, I'm not going to throw out, oh, they're going to get a bunch of commitments or anything out of this, but th- there'll be some names uh, there there for USC.
0: Um. All right, so here's the second part of this question. After Saturday's scrimmage is concluded, there will be no, I repeat, no autograph session for the fans. Your thoughts regarding no autographs, good idea, bad idea, practical idea? What is it, Eric?
3: I always like when players can kind of get that face-to-face with uh, with fans. I, th- I think, you know, now in this IL era it's good for them but they're also i mean they're kind of out there doing that stuff you know putting themselves out in in the ways that they want to again there are things where it's lincoln riley's program and that's that's the way it's going to be i mean at this point based on kind of that you know not specifically usc but around the country collectives and all that stuff you you need to pay to spend to spend time with uh with the players and so um the idea of just kind of free for all yeah come get anything you want uh signed that doesn't really go in lockstep with players getting paid for their for their nil
0: mark what do you think is is the nil the problem is it covid uh fear what what is it
1: no it, it's exactly what eric just touched on it's why is caleb williams going to sit behind a table and 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 sign, you know, mini helmets and footballs for thousands of people uh, for free. And how, you know, what kind of look would it be to have them sitting behind that same table and have little Johnny, five years old, walk up with his football and say, uh, oh, by the way, I I need $50 from you before I sign that. It's just, it's, I, I think NIL is just,
0: that's the easy answer, but I think it is the answer well, let, let's assume you're right, okay? And, I, and I'm not saying that you're wrong because I actually agree with it. I wrote about it. Um, but what happens in a, in a thing like Salute to Troy? Are they not going to sign autographs at Salute to Troy like they've always done? Or are they going to be at tables with a little $25, $75? Is
3: it is it free to get into Salute to Troy? No, it's
0: not. It's not free to get into Salute to Troy.
1: And... And you know what? Like Eric just said, you know, you're paying to get into that. And if they have some sort of, you know, silent auction type of thing set up, it's it's understood why you're going there. It's a it's a fundraiser event.
0: I mean, let's let's not kid ourselves. That's exactly what it is. And you get fed. It's a good deal. I mean, it's it's a it's really a lot of fun. Uh, Chris, what do you think about this autograph thing? Stupid, bad, money. Where, where do you see it?
2: No, those are the options. I, I have to choose between stupid, bad, and money. Uh, <laughs> I'll go money. Uh, look, I, I don't I, I don't have any, I don't have a problem with the players signing autographs. I have, uh, this is from the 2003 spring game. I've got, <laughs> uh, I've got Pete here. I've got Reggie Bush before he actually played a game at USC uh, on here. I've got Matt Grudegood. So, you know, I'm all in favor of uh, I'm all in favor of getting autographs, I suppose, but uh, I'm not going to worry that much about it. So,
0: do you think
1: that'll
2: wonder. cut
0: down on attendance at all? No. Okay. No, I
2: don't think so. I don't think I don't think people I don't think anybody comes to the spring game because uh, they want to get they want to get autographs. So I think they come because they want to they want to experience what the team's going to be like. I could be wrong about that. Well, think, well, I think that, you
0: are wrong about that because I think. I, then
2: I'm going to change my figure from 18,000. No, no, to 16, no. no. <laughs> Don't let me change I your know.
0: <laughs> I know that's impossible, but I do think it does uh, has a big effect. And I worry about the long term public relations thing. Uh, I mean, if you can't sign something, can't you take a picture with them or something along that line? I just think it's too, I guess it's sad to me. I know how much autographs meant to me growing up and getting a USC signature on some items when I was young uh, had a great impact. Uh, But you know what? I have not heard the uh, party line why they're not doing it. it, Maybe it's a sensitive thing to express it and say, well, it's because the NIL is going to reflect poorly on the players. They're getting paid, yada, yada. Just come out and we're not doing it case closed whatever but i would like to hear an explanation for it i really would all right so let's head to the second half
3: Panels? chris will sign autographs everybody out there if you need I an autograph
2: you, not Aaron. for free i won't chris will not sign for, for you
0: free. you know eric is the editor-in-chief so i have a question are we going to have an autograph booth for chris for the we uh Outside the Coliseum, will he if, be available? If you can
3: autographs? get down on the field to the 50-yard yeah. line, you can that's get you an got autograph. An from that's from you, gotta
2: get. you get to the 50-yard line, I'll sign it for 50 bucks. That's the that's the deal.
3: Now,
0: Chris, will you only sign footballs and helmets, or will you actually have your own picture? In no, a I'll, I'll sign line? body
2: parts. I'll sign whatever it is you want. It doesn't matter.
0: Any Anything extra for a tattoo? or?
2: Uh, I, I'm not a tattoo artist, Greg, but if somebody wants me to tattoo them, then I'll probably do that as well.
0: Uh, that's right. You've yeah. covered all the bases. So all right, let's move on here and talk about the defense because that's probably what a lot of people want to see uh, and are hoping they're going to see something to, to take with them on the way home uh, in a positive vein. But uh, all right, panel, what will you be looking for in the down defensive lineman position? Which down lineman will you be looking at and why? Chris, what are you looking at those defensive linemen? What are you, who are you looking at?
2: I mean, it's Anthony Lucas, right? You have a lot of new bodies there, including guys like um, Corey Foreman, who moved to a new position. So I I mean, there's a lot of intriguing stuff going on there. But Anthony Lucas is the guy that has the physical gifts to maybe blossom into an All-American top draft choice kind of guy, somebody who can dominate a game like Leonard Williams or, or Mike Patterson once did. So so he's the guy I'm most interested in seeing. And, uh, uh, and if, if USC is going to be an elite program and, and, and have a chance to make and win playoff games, they need big, fast guys like that. So he's the one I'm looking forward to.
0: Eric, who are you looking forward to on the down lineman?
3: It's Lucas. I mean, he's a guy that everyone's raved about. Um, he has a, a chance to be kind of big time, I think
1: uh mark yeah you know what uh, i'll move inside i'll go with kyan bars i look usc had trouble stopping the run last year if you can't stop the middle it, it, it's an old accent you got to be strong up the middle in every single sport baseball football basketball you got to start somewhere so let's start with some guy with
0: the guy who's lining up right over the ball
1: but obviously anthony lucas is the is the highlight film
0: Well, I think Lucas is the one that's getting all the attention and probably rightfully so. Uh, But I agree with Mark. I'm curious about Kyan Barnes, Barnes, who's going to play probably over the center in that that area in those gaps. But the guy that really intrigues me is Sullivan, the transfer from Purdue. I want to watch him play because I think he's going to bring a big 10 type of physicality to position. And I've heard really good stuff about him. And I think he could be kind of that that hidden player that's going to make a difference uh, because you know what the other teams are going to try to do with Lucas uh, in all probability along the offensive line. Uh, Corey Foreman, there's a bit of an intrigue to me because he weighs less supposedly and now he's got his hand in the dirt. And uh, you know, we're, we're all hoping that this is, you know, the Foreman has found a home for himself Uh, and we'll, I guess we'll get a, a kind of a good idea by what we see. Uh, on Saturday. All right, let's move on. Uh, Panel, what would you be looking for in the rush end position and which rush ends will you be looking at and why Chris?
2: I mean, all of them, there's nothing but question marks. There are a lot of guys who I think have have some talent at that spot. And uh, you know, I'd like to see, I'd like to see uh, Romello hype and see what uh, what he looks like uh, since we didn't see much of him last year. Obviously, Muhammad, the transfer, who is uh, supposed to be big and fast and talented. Um, I mean, there are a lot of guys there. I I wouldn't say just one. I'm I'm curious. USC needs to get at least one, but they really need a couple of guys at that spot. And I have no idea who those guys will be at this point. Uh, Even Sam Green, who I think is undersized if you're going to put his hand in the dirt. But if he's playing rush end uh, with his quickness and his motor, it wouldn't surprise me if he if he makes some noise. So I, I, I don't have just one guy there. That whole group is just question mark after question mark, and they have to find at least one guy who can uh, who can cause some problems from there.
0: Eric, do they have one guy or more than one guy? What do you think?
3: Well, the interesting thing I, I think for me is you had Anthony Lucas talking about how he's playing defensive end and rush end. He mentioned Solomon Tuliapupu is doing – the same thing jack sullivan came in and said he's playing kind of all over uh, up front at all these different positions so curious to see if it is just that group right that the chris said the guys labeled russians or if there's kind of a, a rotation and some of these defensive linemen move out there too but as far as just the the russians go jameel muhammad i think is is the guy for me can he and he come in and and get to the quarterback again? It's always tough. Is that a sack? Is that not a sack? What he got in a way? You know, when, when you are not able to, to tackle the quarterback, tackle you kind, quarterback of, kind just of guess. Guess um, um, what? What you you know, if, know, it's if, sack, if it's a sack? But, but.
0: that's Mark, the guy
1: for Yeah, no, they, it's not who. It's the position. Just you know, show us something. You know. Like you said, you're not going to hit the quarterback, but can we can we beat the offensive lineman and get to the quarterback before he wants to throw the ball? Just let's see some production out of the out of that group. You know, Eric touched on it. The players have mentioned it. Um, there's not going to be a a big difference between the positions, so that's why they're I, I guess they're so interchangeable. Sean Nua said, if there is a difference, it's coverage. And I think he was referring to pass coverage. So it's 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 the defense. It's it's the defensive end, rush end, how whatever you want to call it. They need to start showing up um, in mass. You can't. You have to replace Tuli Apollo too. And he was doing it from the rush end. He was doing it from defensive end. They got to find somebody at rush end. I don't care who it is. Doesn't matter.
0: Uh, I agree totally with Mark on this one, Uh, but I also believe that uh, I'm really uh, intrigued by Muhammad, the transfer uh, from Georgia Southern. Uh, I I think that um, if someone's going to come off the edge as an athlete like he is, former quarterback, uh, and you just listen to him talk, uh, this is one focused dude. And uh, I don't know how he is at the point of attack. and is physically enough to to withstand it, but uh, coming off the edge, I think we'd all agree. That's an important part, and if he could really do it, then I don't know uh, if they really need to move Lucas to uh, uh, a rush end, uh, so that will be intriguing. Uh, also, what will be intriguing will be looking at the inside linebacker positions. Let's talk about that, uh, who you'll be looking at, and why it looks like it's a pretty full room at this point. So, Chris, how do you, how do you see it? Who are you looking at?
2: Uh, yeah, this one's easy for me. Um, it's Tackett Curtis because of just the uh, the height that he's got. It, Tackett Curtis, if you listen to, if you go look at the WRSE message boards, Tackett Curtis is like Paul Bunyan. The the I mean, this is a legendary figure. He hasn't played yet, but I get it. I mean, he his tape was his high school tape was great. This is a guy who's physical. He's fast. He's aggressive. He had more punt return touchdowns last year than Zachariah Branch did, I think. I don't know if that's true, but I think it might be true because I think he had four. Uh, a linebacker that returns four punts for touchdowns is a guy that I can't wait to watch. So, I mean, look, this is a good group. According to Lincoln Riley, this may be the deepest group on the team, which is, which is amazing because that, this has been a disastrous position for years at USC. So um, you know, I, I think I, I think I know what Mason Cobb's going to do, but I'm looking forward to seeing it. I, it sounds like Rajon Davis has made a jump. I'm looking forward to seeing that. But I want to see Tackett Curtis. I want to see this kid run around and hit people.
0: Eric, who's your marked man on this one?
2: It,
3: it's Cobb for me. Um, I just kind of the veteran. In comparison between him and Tackett, is, is it his room? Is it his position? Does he come in and, and grab a starting spot? And, and does he play the spot the way USC needs linebackers to play? I, you know, I could list four guys, but, but Cobb, if, if forced to pick one, he's he's my guy. All right, Mark.
1: Yeah, I've been going back and forth. I Mason Cobb, just because he's that. You know, prototypical inside-looking type of linebacker, but and you're already hearing, you know, Taka Curtis is running with the ones at during spring camp. That, that tells you he's special. So yeah, can't wait to see him. I, I I keep going back and watching his high school film, and he has no he has no regard for his own body at all. I mean, he literally just flails his body at people at times trying to tackle people, and. As for someone who enjoys watching defense and having that kind of mentality, just don't, don't hurt yourself.
2: <laughs> you enjoy watching defense, Mark. It's been a rough few years, buddy. Yeah, it's I'm, been so, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry to hear that.
1: Yeah,
0: I've been going crazy. Uh, all right, I'm going to – I have to totally agree uh, about Tackett, Curtis. You know, I remember when Matt Grew good, who I saw on the sidelines – as a high school player, modern day, he was so different. And I remember all the hype that was coming in. And then people, when I went down to SC and of course he, he makes his debut and everybody's saying, uh, you know, he's kind of small. Well, Tackett Curtis is much bigger than Matt Grudegood. Tackett Curtis, he's a football player. Like Matt Grudegood was. And I, it won't shock me if he runs with the ones I, he is, He is all about business. He's either in the weight room or he's in the film room. And if you look at him, he is chiseled. And, uh, you know, SC has had some great linebackers over the generations that have come out of high school that look like that guy can't have just come out of high school. I think this is one of them. And uh, certainly I think that, you know, Lincoln Riley is already on record saying he thought he was the best inside linebacker in the country. I do agree with Eric on Mason Cobb. I think they need a veteran enforcer in there. And uh, I think it's kind of for sentimental reasons. I'd like to see Rayjean Davis uh, have a good spring game. But for me, I want to see Tackett Curtis. uh, Because I I remember the first time that Matt Grudegut uh, was, I was at UC Irvine with our late um, publisher, Gary Paskowitz, and we're, They're going to have their first scrimmage, and uh, Petros Papadakis gets the ball. He starts to hit the hole around the left side, and boy, uh, Grudega put on a tackle that was standard for him, and that ball came flying out. And I remember hearing Petros say, you know, I've been hit by a lot of guys, but when he hits you, it's just something different. It hurts. And I think that's what I see in Tackett Curtis. All right, panel. What we we're going to move to the secondary now, the corner position, uh, which is to me all up in the air in a lot of ways. Uh, Which corners will you be looking at, and why, Chris?
2: I mean, a month or so ago, I would have said uh, uh, I would have said Damani, and and I'm still excited to see what he looks like. But there's been so much hype for Jacoby Covington, and how and 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 how and how good this guy looks and his size and his athletic ability. So he's now the one I really want to see because um, because he, he's been talked about so much. And by the way, it sounds like this is also a really good room according to what Lincoln Riley has been saying. And again, that's, that is a major change from where we've been. So, um, but uh, yeah, I'll go with Covington.
0: Okay. And I think that, that has a little bit of credibility because Chris is a former defensive back. So he's going to be looking at it from that, from that standpoint, uh, Eric, who who do you want to see?
3: Uh, Covington's a good answer. Christian Rolla-Wallace is to uh, see Wright right um, to watch him. He's a guy you heard about him last off season from Lincoln Riley, and then he started and eventually it just seemed like it was a combination of him, maybe running out of gas and Covington also coming on, at the end of the year, and Covington ends up starting the last few games as as Wright gets sort of knocked out of that spot. He's bigger. He's bigger this year, and Lincoln Riley has talked about him, and he's mentioned him multiple times as a guy who has really stood out uh, in the weight room and during the practice field making plays. And that, right, that's the biggest thing. You can look however you want to look. If if you're making plays, that's big. And, And so he's the guy, I think, It'll be interesting at corner. I don't think we're going to get a Makai Blackman who just sits there at one spot and plays almost every single snap uh, defensively. Lincoln Riley has talked about we like the twos more. He hasn't said it specifically like that, but the gap between your best players and the guys behind them, the twos, are smaller this year. We talked about DeMani, Sierra, Roland Wallace, Covington. I mean, you got four I, I think legitimate options at corner. I think you're gonna see potentially more of kind of a a rotation there. So a lot of guys to watch, but Sierra is is the guy for me. We saw him a lot uh, last year, but what is that what does that step actually look like uh, out on the field on Saturday?
1: Mark, who are you looking at? Yeah, well, since they talked about everybody else, I'll go with Demani Jackson. I want to see, you know, is he ready to take that next step? Lincoln talked about it after the scrimmage on Saturday, how Damani's kind of at where Sierra was at this point last year. It's his freshman year. He's kind of learning the ropes. What I just found interesting is how, because I'm, I'm looking forward to how Sierra has matured. He started last year. And it's just weird how when you're a starter and you play six, seven, eight games, and then all of a sudden you're you're not playing. And it's 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 not that he wasn't, Part of the he wasn't even part of the rotation anymore which is i want to see it it had to been something it wasn't just did he wear down something happened where the coaching staff was like hey we just we don't trust him enough right now so yeah i'd like to see you know I, i've seen him at practice he looks bigger that there's without a doubt but i want to see Demonte jackson i want to see is he that all everything that you know everyone's been talking about since his freshman year at modern day is he can we see signs of him in the spring game of what he can be sometime in the fall?
0: Yeah, I think that's a great point, Mark. Uh, Damani Jackson has not no fault of his own, but he just has been injured. Uh, he's almost become mythical, uh, but at the same time, I think a little bit uh, of uh, mystery. Uh, so it'll be nice to see how he can perform on Saturday. But my eye is going to be on C.R. Wright uh, for all the reasons that are already given. I think C.R. Wright, if there's somebody who's going to nail down a corner position, you would think it would be him. And apparently he's been doing quite well recently. So we'll find out. Uh, I do know this. uh, They're going to be tested in the Pac-12 with the quarterbacks that they have. In fact, the whole secondary, and that includes the safeties. Let's let's, let's talk about those safeties. Uh, Which safeties or safety will you be looking at and why chris
2: uh christian pierce because we haven't seen him and because we're hearing such good things i don't i doubt the kid's going to play a ton this year there are a lot of safeties on the roster that have experience so i you know i think he's probably going to be a special teams guy but i'm curious to see what he can do and and greg you're right that the secondary will be tested in the pac 12 the secondary is going to be tested saturday i mean this is right i mean the, the good thing about being a defensive back at USC is you're going up against probably the best passing attack in the country, so uh, you're getting good reps, um, if nothing else. But um, yeah, I'm going to go with Christian Pierce.
0: Okay, fair deal, uh, Eric.
3: Probably a, I don't know, boring answer. It's Kalen Bullock for me. I know you know we know what he can do. I I'd like to see how physical he is. I think you can go down the line, every member of the secondary, those last two games had some play that was pretty forgettable for them after a lot of them had some really good moments during the year. And so I I think Kalen probably wants to erase some of that Utah Pac-12 championships. I'm curious what he looks like that battle between him and and Caleb Williams, Kalen Bullock, I think was the first player Caleb Williams sort of singled out on defense when he came over to USC and got some practices under his belt. I, I like the idea of that sort of one-on-one uh, matchup there as as Caleb looks to throw, but you need your best players to to be your best players. You, you At USC, the best guys need to be easy, shoe-in, first-team, all-Pac-12 guys in the running for All-American status, and and so, again, w- what does Kalen look like in – based on what he's done so far, potentially, you know, his, his final year, um, at, at USC. All
1: uh, right, Mark, I want my answer to be Zion branch, but I don't know if we're going to see him participate in the spring game. So, uh, I'm going to go with Bryson Shaw. Just because, you know, he, Alex Grinch had him at Ohio state. And Bryson is a staunch defender of Alex Grinch and this defense. And he takes, you know, pretty much 98% of accountability for the defense's not performing. It was the players not executing. So I want to see if, you know, if he's going to be the starting safety opposite of uh, Kalen Bullock.
0: Yeah. I'm going to tell you something. I think that's right on. Um, First of all, Caleb Bullock, of course, is a preseason first-team MacArthur uh, uh, All-American. Uh, I don't know if he really is a first-team All-American at this point. I think he's good. I think he has to become more consistent. Uh, Bryson Shaw, to me, uh, I know that he plays hard. I know he supports Grinch, but I think he's still got a lot to prove. And uh, you know, maybe Saturday is really as as, as it was said before a big test against maybe the nation's best passing attack, but let's face it. You got two experienced safeties here. Uh, if they can't hold the water uh, that's going to be not a good sign. So I'll be actually looking at, at both of them and who their backups are. Now we're going to end this uh, uh, second half uh, with kind of a, I don't know what you would call it, not much in depth, but uh, what will you be looking for in the special team position and who you be looking at as it pertains to special teams, whether it's position, performance? I'm sure we won't be seeing kickoffs uh, in terms of going out and tackling somebody. Chris, uh, what, what appeals to you that you want to see in that special teams uh, category?
2: I want to see who the returners are. Um, I, I suspect that we're going to see uh, Ray Leak and Zach Branch um, uh, getting a lot of those reps, but I'm curious to see that. It would, you know, it would be nice to have. Uh, it would be nice to have somebody back there who can, uh, who can threaten to take it to the house. And uh, I think USC has some athletes that might be able to do that now. So that's what I'm most curious about. Other than that, I, I'm, I'd not. Uh, I know, you know, I know USC got a transfer from an All pack 12 punter, but I don't think he's going to see the field much this year. So um, I don't know. I don't know how much it matters. But he'll probably, I mean, he'll probably punt a couple times. But uh, I don't think, I don't think the punting uh, team is going to be very busy. I think it was a mistake. I think it was a mistake by him to transfer to USC. I think he should have gone to UCLA where punting is winning. He's not going to punt a ton at, uh, at USC this year. But at UCLA, he could be their best player. So, you know, I don't often pitch guys to leave USC to go to UCLA. I just think that maybe this is a situation where that makes sense.
0: Okay, well, does that make sense, Eric? And uh,
3: who are you going to be looking at? No, Chris doesn't ever make sense. Come on. Uh, yeah, the the returners, right? Is it is it kind of open season on them? Do they go full speed and and let again if if it's really back there? If it's Zach Branch back there, do you do you let them kind of return those kicks? Because yeah, that I mean Zach Branch. Look, during his career at USC, is going to get fans on their feet. Maybe. I, Caleb Williams accepted here maybe more times than any other player uh, on this roster. And so does that happen for the first time um, on Saturday, the, the transfer, not, not that this is going to be, you know, super helpful to everyone going forward. Uh, Eddie, Eddie Chablitski is uh, pronunciation um, on the punter. And I, I swore when he got here that because of the Ben Griffiths fiasco, on the message board and reporting about the unbelievable, and yes, Chris, the unbelievable punts that he would let loose in practice. I swore that I would never report or talk about a punter ever again. So if he punts on Saturday, everyone can take a look at that. You will not hear any reports from me on how he looks or what he's capable uh, of doing, but yeah. Can USC get some points in, in, the in special teams this year, and that's that means flipping fields, something on returns. Again, the offense is is so good, but you need the you need the boost from special teams. You can't have a special teams that starts you at the three yard line on some of your most critical drives uh, of of the season.
0: All right, uh
1: Mark, isn't Eddie also going to be handling kickoff duties too, or is he just punting? I think he's kicking off as well.
3: He did. I mean, he did both at at Arizona State.
1: Right. So, you know what? If all we get to see on the kickoff duty is touchbacks, I I think mission accomplished. Um, But, yeah, I think has Dennis Lynch added any distance to his leg? Uh, So if he's putting us, if USC's offense is in a position where they need a field goal, uh, can they get one from, you know, 45 yards out consistently? And then, you know, the returners are they taking the coaching that they're getting this spring to recognize where they are on the field in relation to goal line and sideline? Just make the right decision.
0: Yeah, I I tell you, I agree with that. And I think that what I want to see is who's where. I want to know who the punt returner is. Is it it going to be Branch? Wouldn't shock me. Where does Mario Williams play in, in this whole thing? Are they going to put him back on kickoff returns? Uh, to show him okay. that they have confidence in him, uh, Chaplitsky, I think, is important because, as Mark said, the, the touchbacks. I think it's also important just to see visually uh, his hang time, uh, just what kind of effect he can have on a game, uh, even if he doesn't put that much. Because we know if they once they get in the big ball games, that latter portion of the schedule, he could have a big effect on what happens because the defenses will be better uh and dennis lynch you know as a, as the field goal kicker i don't know i i i i don't know if he's an, an elite kicker yet uh you know he's he had some struggles he also has some good things so the only way we're going to find that out is w- what happens next uh, next season and what happens if he doesn't who's going to take his place uh but right now i'm sure that is not in the forefront of uh of the coaches thinking so with that
3: for, for special teams, we all watched Alex Stadhouse absolutely nails on a 55 yard field goal in the last, in the spring game last year, and then nothing. So at this point, at this point with kickers, I don't know if anything matters in the spring game.
0: Yep. 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 All right. Uh, all right let's go to the viewer questions and panel answers. We've got some good questions here. Uh, so in overtime, this is from Romy. Do you feel that the Tommy group has progressed to the point of being a major part of USC's recruiting? Feel free to jump in. What do you think?
3: No, if you're talking about high school recruiting, no. And no collective or anything ever affiliated or anywhere near USC is ever going to be involved in high school recruiting. That that has been, for all these groups, very clear um, kind of top-down messaging, do not, like a lot of these other programs, do not get involved uh, in high school recruiting. Now, I do think that the people involved in that and um, where USC will ultimately land with collectives and, and the groups working with them, it's it's going to be very favorable for transfer people and and not so much, hey, we've got this already lined up for you, but here's what we've done and the players know they they know how quickly deals got done when other players got to USC or or what was you know maybe already in mind uh for when they got there but as far as as far as the the guys in the Tommy group like reaching out and and doing deals to specifically help USC recruiting that that's not that's not something we're going to see
1: the usc is going to use their collectives for as eric mentioned transfers and roster retention that's what it was intended for and already the the, the nca is already panicking they're they're now asking you know the courts to get involved again and you know it's just going to turn into a giant cluster or something so
0: All right, let's uh, move on to question two. This is from Nick in DeWarty, California. Kind of an interesting question. Do you think that charging $25 for parking at the spring game is a little over the top?
2: Sounds like the right price to me, Nick. Sorry. Let <laughs> me ask you Chris. Where can you park in LA for less than $25?
3: Well, here I bet you could get autographs from the parking attendants, too. <laughs>
2: uh
0: my question is, is uh why don't they just for the spring game do it for free, have free parking?
2: You know the answer to that, don't you?
0: Well, no, you can give me the answer. What is it?
2: Because people will pay $25 and they can make money. It's 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 supply and demand. It's the same reason that they're not going to give us free hamburgers at the game, Greg.
0: Well, I, if you're sitting in the stands, it's going to pay. You have to pay for a hamburger. Right. I'm hoping. I am hoping that there will be the traditional Coliseum hot dogs in the press box. That's uh, always a wonderful thing to experience. I
2: never get to sit in the press box. Only the fancy guys get to sit there. But uh, so oh, going to stop be it seat. already! But, but if somebody wants to Mark, you a a play the violin? Get the violin
0: out for. for she always pulls I'm, compl- it.
2: I'm not complaining I'm a man of the people I'm what I'm saying Greg <laughs> yes is that, sure. is that if people want to bring me a hamburger while I'm sitting in my seat I will accept it thank you in <laughs> advance
0: now what happens if someone calls you a hamburger how would you react to that
2: I, I, that would be a terrible insult I don't know what <laughs> I, I don't know how I respond to that
0: I understand why the question I mean it's 25
1: bucks to leave your car to walk into a game that's free. There is a time where you can spend 10 bucks to get your ticket and you got a couple of In-N-Out burgers to go with it. Albeit cold, they gave you a couple of In-N-Out burgers. But yeah, it's look 25
0: bucks to park. The game is free. I understand the the juxtaposition there. Well, I would would like to see it for free. That's just my opinion. I think other spring games, parking is free. But uh, again, if you can make money. I guess you make money. So, with that, let's go on to question three from B Davis in Irvine, California. Two parter. First one, this may be a Scott Schrader or Eric McKinney question. According to SS Scott Schrader, Dante Williams was not involved much in the recruitment of Aaron Flowers, the safety from Texas, till late in the process. Why wasn't the best recruiter USC has on staff involved from the get-go with Aaron Flowers, and are Grinch and Dante still at odds when it comes to recruits? I have no knowledge of that, but uh, all right, since they, the question also included Eric McKenney in it. Eric, uh, can you give us any insight into that?
3: No, that question's only half right. That, that may be a Scott Schrader question. I, I think he I think he addressed it in his, in his 10 questions um, story on, on Monday on the site.
2: For what it's worth, I think things only went south with Lauer's recruitment late in the process. I mean, it's not like USC was USC was so far behind they couldn't catch up. I mean, everybody thought he was going to go to USC until the end.
3: And um, let's look, look. recruiting and, and I, you know, it hasn't always been exactly like this, but the idea of, oh, this coach really out-recruited this coach for this recruit across the board for every single guy that it's it's just not the case it's not the case anymore you can do the best job and then something shows up right at the end and then the other school ends up being the choice i mean that that's it's truthful i'm not saying it happened in this situation but the idea of comparing recruiters this guy recruited better than this guy recruited i just it's not it's just not black and white
2: um has just always wanted to play on the cw that's uh, that's what he wanted. I mean, it, it's, it's pretty exciting.
0: You know, I think we have to keep in mind that this is just a commitment. It's not signed. It's still, we've still got a number of months to go Thank and who you. knows it, it could change, uh, you know, by the time December rolls around. So uh, I don't, I don't know whether SC is really out of this one because we, we know the commitments are almost uh, <laughs> meaningless at some point. For the moment so uh I'll, I'll, i'm open-minded that the kid can be turned around at some point obviously during the regular season uh, a lot of good. stuff will happen what's that He say he's still going to take his trips i believe that's the case
2: i hope so if you do not take in your trips you're making a mistake
0: i don't know how you could do this like going on a blind date and make a commitment all right the second part of his question he says this one's for all of you this one may be a downer do you guys truly believe if SC falters against again on the defensive side of the ball that Alex Grinch, Alex the Grinch, who stole our chances at the college football playoffs, will be fired? What do you say, panel? Is he going to be canned?
2: I'm not. I'm not interested in answering that question right now because I I, I suspect the defense is going to be substantially better. We know this, Lincoln Riley didn't come to USC to, to lose three games a year. He came to USC because he thought he could win titles here. So he's going to – I suspect he's going to do what he has to do. But um, but I don't want to uh, – I don't want to assume that Grinch is going to fail this year. So I'm not going to answer it.
1: Anybody else want us to chime in on that one? it will answer itself. Look, if USC's defense is – part and parcel responsible for usc not making the playoffs The it, it'll answer itself at the end of the year i don't know how much lincoln riley is being paid a lot of money eventually his personal relationship is going to have to be considered versus his salary and that's coming from above lincoln riley
0: well, I'll tell you this, I know you can't score 40 points a game and lose three times in a season and say everything. can. Well, apparently you can absolutely. You apparently- oh,
3: I guess, I guess Utah that, that wasn't 40. All right. So we still don't know.
0: Well, I'll say this, uh, knowing what we know, uh, I think they will be better on defense because they're going to have better players up front. But again, you know, it all is going to hinge on at SC, it's not how many games you actually win in terms of compared to, do you win the conference title? Are you a legitimate threat for a national championship? How does it all turn out? I think we learned a little something from Lincoln Riley's first year that everything was beautiful until the very end. And then it kind of turned into kind of the exploding cigar. So I would say that if things don't appreciably get better, uh, I could see that a change would happen if they're going into the Big Ten. Uh, but again, it has to play itself out. So uh, question four, uh, this is really intense here. So we're going to take a roll call here. This is from Maurice in Carson, California. Will the entire panel be at the spring game? Okay, answer is
2: yes. Yeah, I think so.
0: All right, I'm going to be there Chris is going to be there. Mark's going to be there. Eric's going to be there. And a reminder that next Tuesday, we'll have a review of everything that we can review from that spring game, both on and off the field, so to speak. So with that in mind, a reminder again, if you have a question or comments for our panel, go to either of the USC, uh, we are SC message boards, click on the thread that pertains to inside the Trojans huddle, viewer or listener questions. Okay, that'll do it for Tuesday's special edition of Inside the Trojans Huddle. So until next Tuesday, when we do a complete review of the spring game, big thank you to all our panelists, the great Mark Culkin, great Eric McKinney, and the great Chris Arledge. And a special thank you to all of you for watching or listening to Inside the Trojans Huddle. Have yourself a great week. We hope to see you all at the spring game this Saturday. Till then, this is your moderator, Greg Katz, reminding you all to fight on, everybody.